and welcome everybody to another SU Oddities. Um, on this one, this really isn't, well, it's creepy, let's say that, but not creepy like in a scary, weird kind of creepy way, like creepy, like holy shit, human beings do weird stuff, creepy. Um, you ever get that feeling that somebody's watching you? Maybe somebody there, maybe somebody's not there. Um, well, what if they are actually there and they went through great lengths to spy on you? There's uh, millions of people out there that either have been convicted of voyeurism or spying on people or whatever have you. Um, but here's one that is pretty, pretty crazy. It's a story about a one Gerald Foos and it's odd. So again, you know, being watched is unsettling feeling, uh, but there's more to it and we're going to cover it. So Gerald Foos built a secret passageway in his home motel where he spied on guests through air vents. Yes, air vents. But there's more to the story here. So in order to clandestinely uh, view the residents of his motel, Jared Foos built a special attic area by hand that ran above the guest rooms. He had some help from his wife, but they had to do most of the work themselves to ensure that no one would find out about Foos' voreism. Uh, the attic's viewing platform spanned the length of the building with hand-cut holes in the ceiling distinguished by fake vents. The vents acted as one-way viewing portals to the room below, and Foos was actually able to spy on guests without them knowing he was there. Surprisingly, none of the guests ever caught the lecherous manager in the act. And it gets creepier. Foos kept very detailed notes and even compiled statistics that chronicle his observations. The stats include information on visitors' biological sex, sexual acts, their nature and frequency, and even the number of orgasms guests experienced. The descriptions include paragraphs about the guests uh, compiling their heights, weights, occupations, and whatever else Foos could find out when they checked in. So early in the 1980s, Foos handed over entire notebooks of his research to journalist Guy Talese, mailing him over 300 pages of transcriptions. While crouching in his hidden attic, Foos claimed to have witnessed a murder go down in 1977. He had uh, moral issues with the drug dealers and would often sneak into the rooms and get rid of their stashes while they were out. Allegedly, one dealer who discovered his stash missing blamed his girlfriend and attacked her. He strangled her and left her lying on the floor before running off with all the money she was carrying. Foos watched the whole thing go down without intervening. He claims that he could see her chest rise up and down, assume that she would be okay. However... The next morning, the motel's cleaning staff found her dead. Foos claimed that he called the police, but the Aurora Police Department had no record of her young woman being killed at the motel. Because there's no hard evidence to prove the crime occurred, the whole story is still up for debate. Um, and according to this gay Talis, a guy that he sent all the all the 300 pages of the reports to, Foos truly believes that he is one of the greatest voyeurs in the world after spending the majority of his life honing his craft. Quote, he doesn't want to be seen as a peeping Tom, but as a voyeur, not as a pervert, but as an observer of human nature, unquote. In interviews, Fu seems proud of the research he carried out in the years that he owned the motel. His detailed notes are further proof that he believes he was studying and documenting vital pieces of information relating to human behavior. Uh, early on in the journalist, uh, Guy Talens' research on Fu's voyeurism, he came to visit Fu's at his motel. 
During the visit, Fu's actually invited Talis into the attic to join him in spying on attractive young couple. The two men watched through the vents as the couple had sex, and at the one point Talis leaned in too close. The red silk tie he was wearing slipped through the vent that they were watching through, nearly blowing their cover. Fu's yanked Talis back before the couple noticed a dangling tie, and they left the attic without raising suspicion. Um, other weird tidbits here. According to the one of the many interviews with Foos in the Netflix original film Voyeur, uh, he hated when guests would bring dogs in the motel. Since dogs possess a better sense of hearing and smell than their owners, they would constantly bark and look up at the vent as though they could tell that someone was sitting behind it. As much as Foos hated the dogs, they oddly enough never managed to blow his cover up in the attic. Foos truly believed that he was doing research, and he went to the extra mile to see how far he could push his unknown subjects. In one of the interviews from Netflix's Voyeur, uh, again, I, I didn't even know this was up, but I'm going to have to check it out now. Uh, he claims to have baited various rooms with raunchy items like sex toys and adult magazines to see what the occupants would do with them. Not everyone was happy about it. Many guests complained to him for cleaning out the room after previous guests had left. However, some of the guests did use a sex age, which absolutely fascinated Foos, which I could Imagine. Um, although Gatelles knew what was happening at Fu's hotel, he did nothing to stop the lecherous owner and did not report him to the police. When he first visited Fu's in Aurora, he signed an agreement saying that he would not reveal Fu's name until he had been given a waiver saying he could do so. However, some people believe that once he learned that the full extent of Fu's operation, uh, he should have gone to the authorities. Well, fuck yes, he should have. Anyway, one writer at Slate described Telesi's article as about Foos for the New York Times as a failure of journalistic ethics and a revealing window into Tally's character. Even if you're not persuaded by the argument that Tally's interaction made him complicit, there's also that time when he joined Foos in the secret viewing attic. So there's that, right? So, Guy Tiley's first encountered Gerald Foos via a handwritten letter in 1980. Foos had written to Tiley's after hearing about the book he had released that year, The Neighbor's Wife. He claimed that he had some information that might interest Tiley's. His research from all the nights he had spent watching couples at the motel. From there, they stayed in touch until Tiley's began writing his book, The Voyeur's Motel. The Netflix documentary that chronicles Foos and Tiley's journey union paints the relationship as a roller coaster of misunderstandings. However, they consistently apologize to each other, and Foos admits that he considers Tylees to be one of his few friends. Even though Tylees found out about General Foos' possible unintentional, again, I'm using air quotes over here, dishonesty, after the book The Voyeur's Motel had been written. Once the story was out in the world, readers began poking holes in Foos' claims, and Tylees grew so frustrated with the various inaccuracies that he said he could no longer promote the book because its credibility was down the toilet. However, once he calmed down, he told publishers that he would resume the usual promotional activities and make corrections in future editions. The mistakes found by various fact-checkers had mostly proven to be errors with dates Foos had provided, rather than the actual content of the stories. Uh, the stories. Talese does make sure to say that Foos is an inaccurate and unreliable narrator in the book itself, which, you know, again. Um, but let's back up a little bit. Let's back up to why he does this, right, or why they suspected. So long before he purchased a manor house motel, uh, Gerald Foos had an interest in watching people. He began, He bought the property to satisfy his need to look in other people's private lives, his preferred pastime since he was actually nine years old. When he's grown up, his 20-year-old aunt moved in across from family's home in rural Colorado. In the interview in Voyeur, 
Fu states that she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. He used to watch her through her window as she walked around her house, often in the nude. By 2013, Fu's reason that the statute of limitations would... Jesus Christ... (laughs) would protect him from lawsuits and or criminal charges, and he decided to finally go public with his story. He had made Guy Tali sign a confidentiality agreement uh, when they first began their correspondence, which he voided in order to release a full story and gain some publicity. He didn't just wait to tell the story to save himself. Tali's would have been uh, also been implicated since he had been present of some of Fu's criminal behavior. Tally's daughter, Pamela, was the one who discovered the old manor house motel had been demolished. Uh, while workers on a painting of the property in Sclory Days, she looked up the location on Google Maps and found an empty lot. After Tally's was informed of his daughter's discovery, uh, which apparently isn't very good with using the internet, uh, he visited the site with Foos, his wife Anita, and the Netflix film crew, poking around in the dirt and reminiscing about the building that was once there. Um, wow. So again, not creepy as in, oh, but creepy as in what? Yeah. And I am going to go check out that documentary. Again, it's called A Voyeur, it looks like. I didn't even know it was out, um, but very interesting. And uh, yeah, people can be pretty pretty goddamn creepy. So if you think someone's watching you, uh, take another look. They just might be. <laughs> Close the gates. So, everybody, quick update uh, just to keep you in the loop with this whole thing. So, we did watch Voyeur, and we did sit down uh, right after this recording, actually, and uh, checked out the documentary. Uh, A couple things. First of all, uh, Gay was his name. It wasn't Guy. In the article, they went back and forth. Not too sure why. I guess he is kind of a renowned uh, author. He's been known, and this kind of helped maybe explain the relationship with him and this guy. Uh, he's been known when he writes articles, jur- books, whatever have you, that he absolutely engrosses himself into them. Like he's been, he was part of a nudist colony. And even though he was married, he partaked in, you know, being with different women in this colony. So he could actually get a, you know, so he can write legitimately was his excuse, but eh, whatever, it's a cop out. So that's number one. Number two, um, this whole Foose character, I take him with a grain of salt. First off, he was the only one that ever had any information uh, that Tally's used. Uh, there was no other second source or anything like that to confirm because of that dates that Foos gave him about when he bought the hotel, um, who bought it from him. The de- all They just didn't match up. They just weren't. He's a very odd character. He gets very upset over things that he really shouldn't be getting upset about. And it led Gay down this pathway of, uh, man, he's got this article, he's got this book out. And because of that, his credibility was almost completely sunk. Um, Granted, I think it was probably one of his last novels he ever did at like 82. Uh, A lot of stuff in there. Again, documentary is worth checking out. It actually wasn't Aurora, Colorado, by the way. I was assuming it was Illinois. Uh, it is verified the motel wasn't there. Uh, but again, after you listen to this, go to Netflix, watch The Voyeur 2018, uh, put two and two together. We just want to put a disclaimer out there that when we do have a chance to do some background research on these short little tidbits, uh, absolutely we're going to come back and, and do an update so we, we have accurate information for you folks. So anyway, appreciate it. Bye.